0: The Full Toss Podcast From Chester Boughton Hall
1: Oh, yes, they're playing our tune again. Right, you're most welcome. This is the Full Tosk podcast from Chester Borton Hall Cricket Club. My name's Jim Law, and together with a load of stars from Borton Hall, we'll be reviewing a four star weekend. It doesn't happen very often, but all four senior sides won on Saturday. Also, of course, looking forward to a bumper weekend coming up. Uh, All the teams in action on Saturday, plus the little matter of the Cheshire Cup final on Sunday as Chester take on New Brighton. And the ladies are in action. A doubleheader then on Sunday. If the ladies were to win, they'll win the league. That is your Full Toss Podcast.
0: It's Cricket Gym. But not as we know it. Jim Law. And Lee Dixon. The Full Toss. What's on? At
2: Chester Borton
1: Hall. So, two weekends to go then here at Chester-Borton Hall. Uh, two big weekends, mind you. This Saturday, all four senior teams in action. The firsts are away at Timperley. The seconds are at home to Macclesfield. The threes travel to Oakmere Twos. And the fours are at home in a big derby against Christleton Twos. Uh, starting time's uh, slightly earlier due to the time of year, so just uh, check on the website. But uh, certainly the ones are underway at 11.30. Uh, Sunday sees the ladies in action Sunday afternoon on the back pitch Uh, Sunday the 5th this is of course now if they win that game they win the league okay Uh, we're not uh, tempting fate so we're not speaking to the ladies this week we will however be talking to them next week okay they have two games to go if they win this one on Sunday they win the league meantime on the front pitch as I'm sure you know 12 o'clock start 40 overs aside, Chester at home to New Brighton, the Cheshire Cup final. Come along, support us all. We'll have uh, the usual range of refreshment goodies and the like. Uh, It's a great place. We know that's on big match day here at Chester. So please do come along and support us. The following week, of course, um, details to be revealed, but it's party night, end of season party night. We all know what that means. Mm. Uh, But the over-40s have to behave themselves because the next day on Sunday, September the 12th, the over-40s finals day will be at Chester. That'll be two semi finals and a final. And more details about that on the website.
0: Match reviews and previews from Chester Porton Hall.
1: Okay, so let's look back at last weekend's results. And we'll kick off with the ladies because the second team were in action at home to Nantwich. And which managed 98 from their 20 overs, 98 all out, in fact. And uh, out of that, Elisa Harris took two for 13 and Nandu took three for three. Cracking performance. In reply, uh, the at home, really. The ladies, they finished on 99 for three. Elisa Harris again with 33 not out. So a decent win for our ladies' second team. The fourths. They're in Laser tale, Right, the fourth travelled to Bunbury, or as uh, Ian Thistlewood likes to call it, Funbury. Let's hear what he had to say.
2: Hi again, Jim. It's Ian from the fourth 11. And um, this is my match report from our day away at Bunbury, aka Funbury, where we did indeed have an awful lot of fun and we won the game too, to boot. For those unfamiliar with the tradition of Funbury, it grew out of a. Um, an opportunity we had a few years back when one of our games was pushed uh, right to the end of the season, which allowed us to um, take a coach full of supporters to uh, to Bunbury away um, in mid-September uh, because there weren't any other games on, and we we um, we turned up with about forty-five people on a coach um, for what was uh, what turned out to be quite a, a, a riotous uh, a riotous day, and it was built on the um tradition uh, of when I was uh, coming through the ranks as a junior in senior cricket of going to away games and spending more time than we typically do these days with the opposition um, after the game. And then and then maybe stopping at the way back to the club uh, at a couple of country pubs uh, on the way. This was when we used to travel slightly further than we do these days. And so we thought it would be good to to recreate that tradition and, and, and have a bit of a day out uh, to boot. And five years ago, when we first did it, it was very successful. And um, between then and now, obviously, we've been we've been struck by COVID and and weren't playing Bunbury for a couple of seasons. But but this weekend provided the perfect opportunity to um, to do it for the second time. A bank holiday weekend and the weather was set fair, so we um, we set about Bunbury part two. Uh, this time we couldn't gather forty odd supporters as there were other games going on, uh, but we managed to. Uh, to uh, together full team and uh, and a few spectators Heidi and Steve Cotton uh, in particular came along Helen, my wife um, uh, uh, Joni and Harrison De Zoma uh, Jamie Littler came along after his um, run-in with a sight screen last week um, And it was, a, it was a wonderful day out uh, the, the sun shone Bunbury is one of the most quintessentially beautiful Cheshire countryside uh, cricket grounds uh, I've ever been to uh, And they're a good bunch as well We get on well with them and it, it, it turned out to be, I think, the best game we've had all season. Um, low scoring, competitive and uh, a bit of a nail-biter right to the end. We batted first on what turned out to be a very challenging uh, wicket. It was very two-paced um, and kept incredibly low from one end. And there were a, a series of quite funny uh, wickets uh, as the day went on when the ball just grubbed along the floor. Um, including my own, um, uh, but we managed to post 150 from our our, our 40 overs, uh, more than it had looked like uh, a halfway point, um, and we were indebted really to Dave Henson, who 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 batted beautifully for 57, worth a lot more in the circumstances, I'd say, and also uh, Joey Desorme, who got his head down for for 32, again worth more really in the circumstances, Um so we felt that. 150 was maybe slightly under par, um, but was still competitive enough to to give us a good chance. So as it turned out, 150 was pretty much par, and we managed to bowl Bunbury out for um, 139, um, uh, taking the final wicket thanks to a uh, an amazing uh, direct hit from Alex Cotton uh, aiming at one stump. Um, when it looked actually like Bunbury were going to... Um, Sneak over the line, uh, thanks to their a uh, brilliant innings from 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 their batter Dave Roberts, who was um smashed a few into the fields and um and really set Bunbury up uh, for success. Um, but but in the end we, we we managed just to to sneak them out and and bowling honours really went to to Chris Bell, who was who was back in for us after several weeks of of not playing cricket. Uh, he was very unlucky, Chris. Whenever he got selected for a side, the, the side ended up getting rained off or COVIDed off. Um, so he was back and he was back with a bang. Um, five wickets, bowling up the hill, beautiful flight and guile, um, uh, helped by the pitch at times, but also bowled some absolute jaffers, um, uh really getting a lot of turn. Um, and he was very well supported by um, Alex Cotton with a couple of wickets. Uh, Dalak Golzar came back in for us. Um and he picked up one. Dave Henson picked up uh one as well. Um, uh, Rob Williams fielded brilliantly, took a couple of catches, and all around it was a very good performance in 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 a great spirit. Um, in the sunshine, um, and it was nice to have a um exciting competitive game. Um, because we haven't always had them this season, so um, it, it was kind of the perfect time for a, 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 an exciting game to come along. A, a fun, real way so
1: that's uh, that's ian thistlewood let's have a little sneak listen to uh, a video he put together which you may have seen on the website about uh, well I, I think it was on the way back from uh, from funbury it was difficult to tell see what you make of this do you
0: like cricket i
2: love cricket yeah. do you like cricket i don't like it i
3: love it oh <laughs> i love it
2: I love it! it. I <laughs> love it! <laughs> I like love it!
4: Heidi, do you like cricket? Love it! Oh, you love, love it! it. Uh, Rob? It keeps me away from my wife and child, Yes. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> do you like cricket,
4: Helen? I love you! <laughs> Go on, on Daddy Pig! Stop!
2: <laughs> <laughs> Shan, do you love cricket? <laughs> of oh, <laughs> course, yes! <Yeah>. Oh no! <laughs>
1: There we go. Have a look on the website and you can see that in all its glory. Match reviews and previews from Chester Boughton Hall. So a cracking result for the fourth team, George Metcalf and the thirds meantime. Well, they were at home on the back pitch here to Warrington Threes. They won by nine wickets and here's George's roundup.
5: Another home game this weekend for third team as we took on Warrington Threes, the only other third team in our division uh, also a side that's been struggling this year, currently found themselves uh, bottom of the table um, with relegation pending. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, still a team to beat and they have some, de- some decent players in their side. Um, so upon losing the toss, um, not, no surprise, seeing as the outfield was rapid, the pitch was, looked rock solid. Uh, Warrington chose to have a bat um, and their opener, who scores the bulk of their runs, batted in a very similar fashion to how he did at in the reverse fixture. Uh, picking up 65 off his 40 overs, um, assisted by another batsman who also scored 50. Uh, wickets uh, at the end were scooped up by Joe Maddox, uh, three for himself. And also one for Jake and one for Dave Fisher later on too, uh, as they closed 171 for five uh, from their full 40 overs. Um, in response, uh, a new opening partnership for the thirds again this year uh, with the ever-present Ian Metcalf, but also Ben Harvey. Uh, opening up and the pair immediately got to work in chasing down the runs as quickly as possible. Both finding the boundary with ease, in particular Ben Harvey. Um, he batted through our innings uh, to end up end up finishing 98 not outs. Ian himself picked up 58 and was the only wicket to fall in the day as Archie and Ben saw the game home in the 26th over. Uh, Ben, as I said, uh, finishing agonisingly short of his 100 on 98 knots out. Uh, Needed a six off the last ball for his 100 and unfortunately only managed to hit a four. But a sensational knock for him. His highest score in senior cricket um, and shows that he's not not only a bowler, but a genuine all-rounder. So that's great for the last couple of weeks and into future seasons too. Um, So next week uh, we have our final away game of the season against Oakmere. Um, Another team who are near the bottom of the table but are looking to uh, avoid relegation. Um, so expecting a decent test from them, uh, as I, I expect them to want to put out a strong side and get to give them best chance of survival. Um, the other teams in our league, the teams teams above us, unfortunately, both won. So we're still two, two points in behind Port Sunlight going into the final two. Uh, but as I said, any slip up by them in the last couple of games, and we're hoping to just nip, p- pit them to the post for promotion. So fingers crossed for that. Cheers. The second eleven
1: travelled to wonderful Toft with the Copper beech trees and the biggest cows in the
3: world and uh, they triumphed as well here's what Dan Riley had to say second team went to Toft this week and uh, came out winners marvellous we uh, played a few games recently which we've lost and uh, after a run of draws so to go there against um, the team that's beaten us previously this season and was sitting second in the league to come away comfortable winners was a great result for all involved um, and a bit of a relief to be quite honest Um so we, we Griff won the toss decided to bat on what looked to be a flat pitch it's quite bouncy nowadays got a bit of carry through to the keeper and stuff uh, toft so Griff had no hesitation in batting and we set about trying to post a total that we could uh, defend really and all the batters Did a good job of that It was the early loss of Matt Hodges Having clipped a couple through through, uh, mid-wicket for four He was run out But after that, Griff and Jack Yates settled in Built a steady partnership Um, Jack's pretty classy when he drives it through the covers And hits it square And Griff was his uh, his usual self Stubborn in defence but aggressive when he hit the ball hard So it was good they put about 50 on Until uh, Griff perished, LBW Uncle Mike uh, hesitated for a while before giving him out, but he was uh, definitely out, I think. And then, then soon after that, Jack Yates succumbed, caught and bowled to Pete Talbot, who's uh, quite a tricky bowler at times. And he uh, he was caught and bowled for a fine 37. And then we reached the point with Spavo and Dan Pond. Spavo's looked great most of the season with the bat, um, but after the first game, he's failed to really capitalise on that. He's got a lot of 20s, lots of starts. We needed someone to go on really and, and get at that big score to put a total on the board and Dan Pond came in with him and he, he batted nicely for a half an hour or so and he hit a couple of fours and, and but he perished for 18 and then Seamus, Stephen Ogilby joined him and that was the key partnership really, they put on about 120 and took us from um, a lowest score in the hundreds to uh, 250 in the last over, although Griff was looking to declare, he didn't let Spavo keep going. He managed to get a fine 90, uh, including 12 fours and a six. And uh, Mr. Ogilby finished at 55 not out. And um, so our final total of 253 for for seven wickets. We lost a couple at the end trying to scramble a few runs. Was was more than adequate. We felt with a slightly weaker batting side uh, in Toft. And in the first over. Wiggy removed George Muirhead, Sam Mallows, just hit lines and lengths. And from then on, it kind of just seemed like we were always going to win. It was just taking time to get the wickets. Wiggy and Sam were excellent once Wiggy found his radar. Um, uh, Wiggy got three wickets for 44 in his 14 overs and Sam got two for 35. But the bowling star was Will Fisher with lots of runs on the board. It's nice for the captain to be able to throw the ball to a leg spinner and not really worry ...too much about the run rate, so even though he was going at five and a half... ...it didn't really matter because he kept getting wickets... ...and he finished with four for 63 off his 11, which was fantastic really... ...and he took the last wicket of Muirhead, uh, ...caught expertly by Griff running backwards... ...and we ended up dismissing Toff for 181... ...fine display all round, everybody involved was was excellent... Um, a lovely day in the sun and good to be back to winning ways So hopefully we can continue that at Macclesfield this week Not at Macclesfield, at, at the club this week um, Against Macclesfield in what pre- what's our last home game Hopefully the weather will stay fair It was nice to actually play in the sun and not need a rag to dry the ball So on another note, I suppose it was great to see from a club point of view The fact that we had four teams out that were significantly depleted in all departments, really, and we were managed to get four wins, which is w- w- excellent, really. Considering the week we had selection wise, I suppose that was a testament to the quality of players we can call upon to come into the club. So, fantastic stuff. Um, 100 point weekend. Second team were certainly glad to be uh, contributors of their 25 um, onwards and upwards for the last two games. Cheers. Match reviews and previews.
1: And finally, we come on to the first team. Uh, So there I was on Saturday, just going through the team sheet, filling the card in for the umpires, and there was a a name on the sheet that uh, just uh, looked a little bit out of place maybe, maybe 20 years ago or 10 years ago, not so, but Jim Gilson, what were you doing on Saturday and how are you? Good morning, mate. Yeah,
0: I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, it was a slightly unusual um, Friday evening as, as news came through of various COVID cases and being pinged for Rick and... Um, of so the possibility of maybe wearing the whites again, and then uh, the uh, the surreal conversation of uh, putting the captain's armband again came through a little bit later. So I'm sure when I phoned you Saturday morning, Jim, to say, uh, "Guess what's happening today?" You must have thought we'd gone back to 1998.
1: I'm sure. but <laughs> <laughs> well, before we, I mean, great stuff to step in like that. Before we get back to the game, um, one question: Did they fit?
0: Well, it does seem that some of my clothes may have shrunk um, over the course of the summer. The whites, in particular, um, the, the trousers. Some I don't know where and why. They're like, I'll have a chat to Sam, but I think maybe a little bit around the midriff they've shrunk a touch. Yeah, boil wash, Sam says. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it, I mean, it must have been it must have been great to come back in and uh, you know play uh, cricket at uh, a level against some of the players I guess who you would have played with uh, played against rather um, last uh, last time you were playing for, for the first team.
0: Yeah, well, you step onto the park against Jimmy Lomas and um, Toby Drummond, and you've been playing cricket against them for a, a number of years. Obviously, Jimmy was a young man when I was still playing senior uh, senior first-team cricket. Um, yeah, the strangest thing, I suppose, was that you, you're suddenly using your brain again as a captain. Um, I realised on, on the weekend quite how much I've missed it, to be honest with you, Jim. It was one of those where um, when you're playing cricket, you get used to um, when you get about what number you're in you're a skipper, you don't think in that way, you're thinking about what the team's going to be, what the days going to look like what your options are, with the ball in your hand and to have that thought process again was, uh, to be genuinely honest was fantastic and uh, one that I enjoyed
1: greatly. And did the lads all respond uh, in the way they should have done? It looked as if they did.
0: Well, it made it look like I would read the Mike Brearley book overnight, <laughs> didn't it? Because uh, just about everything went right um, clearly when you lose the calibre of player like Warren and Rick and Jack, Harry, Charlie—all missing for various reasons. You look at the side, and uh, you know that the uh, the, the composite parts aren't as strong as the first team can can generally put out. But then then actually, you look at the individual players that the side had out still on the weekend, uh, and a lot of first team experience, a couple of um, a couple of younger lads who are sort of relatively new to it, but some some very very talented cricketers. And, and if we uh, if we could perform. Well, I did think we could have a good day. Obviously, it went as well or better than anybody could have hoped for. Uh, so, yeah, Captaincy 101 went quite well on Saturday, Jim.
1: And we'll taking the mickey bit. But, I mean, you you still do play the odd game, don't you? It's not as if you've kind of thrown everything away. And uh, it must be a little bit like climbing back on a bike.
0: It may indeed. I've, I've, I've missed playing cricket a lot this summer. Our business commitments have been very, very hectic. Uh, and it's meant that the the intention of playing uh, as near a full season as possible, disappeared and had uh, two or three run-outs with the second team, uh, which I've enjoyed. But unfortunately, um, work has had to take priority. But yeah, uh, undeniably, the most exciting element to it was um, being the decision-maker. Uh, being a decision-maker in a side like that when you've got really good, talented players was uh, was great to be able to do. So I was able to have my whites on and my pads on at number five. And then the better we did, the more I slid myself out of the way watching Andy. Uh, Andy Metcalf bat alongside the teeth and, Following on from Dicko, it was, it was really good so in the end I was able to hide the whites again
1: Jim and just go out and stand in the field because you were uh, you were you were saying to me I'm uh, I'm, I'm doing it five but we'll see how it goes um six now uh seven um yeah I'm just uh, in free fall at the moment so I may maybe in a bit later I may not
0: I think it's one of those things and when you look at it and uh, I, I've, I've got the ability as an old as an old sob, to look back and say well look at the side we've got there um the likes of reg uh, and Joe would get more experience in that situation batting, and more benefit to their game long term than it would for me to do so. So it would be selfish and greedy of me just to go out and bat for ten overs. Uh, and plus, I thought running loads of threes is really tricky, Jim. So no, <laughs> I was very happy to uh, continue my descent down the order until the point where we could come off at fifty-five, as I did.
1: And it was a quality win, wasn't it? I mean, uh, Atif, uh, how well did he bat?
0: Well. It's the first time I've seen him up close in a league game from obviously being around the side of the pitch and he uh, clearly, as a, as a batsman, he's played a high standard for a very, very long while and uh, many people wouldn't be aware of that he was carrying an injury. Uh, his groin injury was uh, almost kept him out of the game, um, but I thought his innings was, was outstanding. He played with real control. Um, he didn't look in any trouble at all the whole game and played some shots out there that you would, you would see oh, oh, on the big bash or you would see in the 100 competition, shots going over, extra cover, played inside out, 60s down the ground, but absolute control all the way through the innings and a pleasure to watch. But then brilliantly supported by Dicko uh, and then Andy Metcalf, who I think got his first League 50 uh, for the yes. first team on Saturday. Yeah, having got a couple of inter-cup games, I think this his first League uh, 50 on Saturday. So again, delightful to be around the day uh, as milestones like that are achieved.
1: And great to have the flexibility of you know, having the likes of, uh, of Luke uh, and Alex opening the batting, which, um, OK, they, they may do every so often, but it all just all fell into place, didn't it, despite the fact everything was up in the air?
0: Yeah, I think we spoke again at, um, at, the, at the turnaround, uh, so before the game we spoke around if we were going to be batting first, what we needed to do, and it was a case of making sure that the top five, where our experienced first-team cricketers batting-wise, and, including Luke as an experienced player, which is ridiculous for a young man to be saying so, but you're, you're looking at those players to try and get you deep into the innings. So the plan was for those guys to to get us past 30, 35 overs and then to see what we could do later on. But Al our, uh, our Money and uh, Luke batted well. They gave us a nice steady start. We were in, in no trouble again. And we looked to look well set. And, as say, Atif took it on to another level with, with great support from initially Dicko and then uh, and Andy, so and Joe Caloran coming out and hitting two straight sixes down it the did, ground. Didn't he? So yes, yes. I think Joe would dine out on that one for some time.
1: <laughs> and he didn't have a burger in his pocket either, did he? As he has done in the past, which was good. Uh, and the bowlers, of yes. course, um, they didn't let you down either, did they?
0: No, they didn't. I mean, I've, I've been hearing um, great raps about um, George McCormick's bowling of recent weeks. Been bowling really good lines, uh, and uh, I thought the wickets that he got, he really deserved. He bowled very well, but, uh, didn't give anything away. We were able to set very attacking fields because we had a big score uh, on the board, so it meant that you could be a little bit more, uh, a little bit more adventurous with how we went about trying to get wickets. He and Luke bowled very well up front, um, and it was one of those days again, Jim, where you're sort of making bowl, bowling decisions, looking at the the options you have, realising um, perhaps with experience, I don't know, perhaps the benefit of experience means that if you do chop and change, but still manage to bowl quite well, as you make changes, generally wickets come. And I think we were we were blessed on the weekend with most of the changes that were made and um, produced wickets you know fellow old man rob um, rob fisher came on and bowled and bowled very well um from fleece's end and just kept the game very very tight for his nine overs didn't get a wicket but he probably deserved one or two um but then the, the the other rotations we did all apart from dick how couldn't get it swinging all apart from that everybody uh, everybody got wickets when they deserved to so it was a, a delightful win and probably most pleasingly was to see our money, um, our yeah. has been pushing for a bowl. I know there's a, a, a lot of sort of challenging positions to try and get a bowl in our current first team because we're so strong that he was chomping at the bit to get the ball in his hand. And I thought he bowled really well. And disappointed for him that he couldn't get his five but But uh, the way it goes sometimes and uh, the, the, the fact that George finished it off to get his four was uh, perhaps good justice for George who yeah. he deserved it, I think.
1: And I mean, and on a serious note, you know, people are going to look at that and say, uh, Skeggy did not quite so seriously, and say, Look, there's an average age of uh, whatever in the in the slips. I think the combined age was 140 something at one stage uh, with you, Vichy, and um, uh, um, and Atif. But um, needs must sometimes, don't they? And uh, you have to. Um, if, if I guess the answer is that if we're in trouble and we need to um, to, to to get some some old souls together and to uh, to make sure the team works uh, convincingly, then um, we need to do it, don't we?
0: Well, it, it's it's a tough one because as you get older, you, you realise that the younger players coming through are the future of the club. It's not the future of the club to have Jim Gilson, age 51, stepping out in the first team. I'm, I'm very aware of that. My ego is more than strong enough to understand that he's going to be in that prime position. At the same point, you know, if we have got that experience and that skill set that can benefit the club and the team in particular on one-off or other occasions, then... Then why not? You don't become a bad cricketer because you get older, do you? You know, you may be a little less agile or a little less fit, and in my case, very much a little less fit. But um, <laughs> you can you can definitively offer something, um, and I think it's it's a, it's a really important challenge for for all cricket clubs to make sure that in the clamber to get young players playing, that old players still have a role and uh, very much a responsibility to to be developing the next level of cricketer. You know, selfishly. I could have stepped in and batted myself where I wanted to. My role on Saturday was to skipper the side, which meant I didn't bat, didn't bowl, didn't get a catch, paid my tenor, brought the umpires and scorers a beer, and that was my day as skipper. And I think that's an important element to the game as well. You don't have to be the main batsman or the main bowler, but you do have to be a team man and a club man. And I think we're quite blessed at Chester. There's a few of us around who are quite prepared to put a hand up and, and do that role when asked. I'm sure there's more to come as well. Yeah.
1: I heard a rumor that you might not be in the side this weekend, is that right?
0: Well, I'm disappointed. I've just been looking on the first app, what, the first team WhatsApp group, and I've noticed I've not been asked my availability for this weekend, Jim. <laughs> uh, I was presuming I walked straight into the Cheshire Cup, uh, Cup final side on Sunday after my <laughs> performance, but uh, I'll take the misery, I'll take the disappointment, and I'll probably head down to the bar on holiday here in Jersey for a day or two and drink my way through it, mate.
1: Excellent. Well, well done, Jimbo. Uh, thanks, for, uh, thanks for that. And uh, let's hope it's not too long before we uh, we see you in action. We, we might see you in action for the over 40s, presumably.
0: Yes, yes. Fingers crossed. That co-runs a very tight ship in the over 40s. So uh, I think there's a fitness test coming up next week and I'm potentially going to struggle with that one. So I'll give it a go and do my best. But uh, yeah, if not, I'll happily carry Steve Ogilvie's pads for him. Uh, and be, uh, be the these the monitor to the over-40s on the day, which will mean I could probably have a few beers as well. We're hopefully picking up a trophy. That'd
1: be great. Excellent. All right, Jim. Thanks very much. Have a good holiday. You, Thanks.
0: Cheers, Jim. Bye-bye. Jim Law and Lee Dixon. The full toss.
1: Okay, so uh, Lee Dixon listening intently to everything that's been said so far, he said. Um, it was a busy weekend, and it's an even busier weekend this weekend.
4: Yeah, it's kind of the weekend that everyone's kind of been waiting for to come round um, and uh, obviously it, it culminates in that massive Sunday, but there's still plenty of cricket on the Saturday to look forward to, uh, which we'll touch on in, in the rest of this podcast. Um, I, I think it's going to be a interesting, Jim, because hopefully if the weather stays off, it, it has the making to one of those really great Chester weekends.
1: Yeah, it, it does, doesn't it? So uh, the first and the fourths are at home, aren't they? Sorry, the seconds and the fourths are at home on Saturday. Macclesfield uh, for the twos and that uh, that derby game against Christleton for the fours.
4: Yeah, look, the, it was good to see the second team get back to winning ways last week, beating a strange, a stra- you know, it's a strange result that really a bit of a coupon buster because our twos have not been in the best of form. And then they went and turned over, you know, a side that's done ever so well in that second uh, team league this year, Toft. So, um, yeah, great result for Matthew and and his charges. Uh, they take on Macclesfield at home this week, uh, a game which uh, I managed to play the reverse fixture earlier in the year. Uh, I think uh, the seconds will fancy going back to back this weekend, um, and obviously, uh, it just as you start towards getting towards the end of the season, uh, GMP, Obviously, last weekend, we had a a few uh, scares with a little bit, you know, the odd COVID track and trace and people away and this, that and the other. But this weekend, availability looks really strong. So, I'm sure Matthew will get a strong side out. The fourth team, or the three Bs, whichever you like to call it, they take on Christleton. Christleton have been like the stellar team in their league for a long time now, really, uh, their second 11. But Christleton didn't put a first team out last week, Jim. So, I'm interested to see. What sort of second team they'll put out this week?
1: Well, they conceded, um, didn't finish, they? They yeah. conceded against Alvinley. I'm not. Uh, I'm not quite sure whether that was COVID-related or.
4: No, I, I think it was just availability from all accounts. So, yeah, it'd be really interesting to see. You know what uh, the second eleven for Christon looks like this week. But obviously, Ian and his guys have had their um, mid-season trip to Bunbury or Funbury, as they call it,
1: <laughs> uh,
4: and I'm sure they'll come back refreshed and. Uh, Looking forward to a, a game on the back
1: pitch. Uh, they did look... Uh, uh, Dishevelled is probably too polite a word. Um, but uh, I went to Bunbury a few years ago, three or four years ago, when, when they played out. Uh, the a fantastic place to go, obviously. And as you always say, home of Rick Moore and Beth Tweddle.
4: Yeah, and Nick James. I always feel course, bad because yes. Jamie does listen to this. But yeah, it, it is a uh, spiritual home of Rick. Um, and uh, no, but uh, it's a fantastic place to play in. One of those grounds I always remember as a, as a young lad, Chester Youth Cricket, used to use Bunbury an awful lot, Jim. And it's just got, you know, it's got a fantastic square and it's got a lovely country feel. So, no, it's uh, it's a cracking little ground. And uh, our fourth team seemed to really uh, love going to that fixture.
1: And just, just before we get on to the, the threes and, and the and the ones, um, you've, you've talked about... People not being available, and obviously that—it that feels as if with bank holiday weekend, all the festivals that have been going on um, has you know, made a mess of local cricket across the board, not not just here. How do you cope with that, Lee? Because you're at the you're at the helm there. I mean, that must have been a, a pretty difficult weekend to manage. I would have thought.
4: Yeah, you look, it's it's really tough, and it's been a really tough year. You know, um, it with um, obviously each year the selection committee is made up of the captains. Uh, and it depends on the dynamic of the captains as well. Obviously, we've had George uh, Metcalf and Harry, who both commute between London and Leeds, respectively. You've got Ian Thistlewood and Matt Griffiths with young families as well. So we we have relied heavily on Zoom and WhatsApp and whatnot. Um, and uh, it's, it's just made for a really uh, interesting um, dynamic um, of how you get past these scenarios and, We've had to delve into the uh, into the squad lists a couple of times, and you get some interesting scenarios as such. Um, but I think you know we've got to look back at this year and go, look, we put four teams out every Saturday, wind, rain or shine. Yeah. Um, and you know, and the good thing as well is, Jim, when you see people playing that don't always necessarily get to play because there's people off playing and whatnot. I, I think that's great. And obviously, what we, we've we've heard, you know. Uh, about the first you know and we'll talk a little bit more first you know seeing people out there that were nowhere near the first team squad having to step in then then you know it's good for the club you know it's something to talk about and, and it's a story here and there but I, yeah
1: and and a balancing act we talked uh uh very often about um about the kids and the and, and, and the oldies but you do have to get it right don't you
4: yeah yeah like look it's it, 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 it's a blend especially when you're going up the sides. Um, you, you know, you look at Premier League cricket, asking, you know, years and years ago, maybe young, more younger players would would kind of naturally filter up the sides. But since they've changed the rules, the ECB, you've got to be a certain age. I mean, it's like year seven at school or year eight. So actually, people are coming to senior cricket a little bit later. So actually, it, it, it is an interesting dynamic. And it was great, actually, to have some of the older boys around. From a personal perspective, to be the fourth oldest in the team, Jim, was a lot of fun for me. <laughs> yes. I, and uh, I made a point, you know, in front of those uh, younger lads in our change room, I went in and uh, that the corner I sit in, Robin Fisher used to sit in that corner and now in the second team, he sits in that corner. Oh. So I, I, I walked over, ready to move somewhere else. And uh, to be fair, Fisher went, no, 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 this is first team cricket, that's yours, Dicko. And I, I really respected that because... I would have quite comfortably gone and sat somewhere else. I, you know, I've had this argument a million times with George, George McCormack about hierarchy, but certainly about places in changing rooms, Jim, I think they're, they're things you earn over time and you, you know, when people come in, you know, it's a, uh, it, it's an interesting dynamic and some of the younger ones now don't really necessarily understand it, but certainly the older boys do. And, uh, Jim was back in his, his perch over the far side and, uh, Robin Fisher jumped into Warren's corner. So, no, it was all good. The the world felt like it was still round.
1: (laughs) And it was a cracking win, wasn't it? And and how well did our teeth bat?
4: Yeah, look, he's obviously, you know, I say he's been a fantastic player. He still is a fantastic player. He's got lots of class, lots of quality. Bear in mind, he's blatantly playing with a pulled groin as well. You know, at times, some of the shots he played, like I felt like a bit of an idiot on Saturday. I was at the non-striker's end and, He's played a shot off uh, Jimmy Lomas inside out, one bounce four, and I literally stood there and like I went wow, and then <laughs> Jimmy looked at me to say I like, I was, like, didn't mean to say that out loud. <laughs> I said that's one of their fielders. I was like, you know, it's the kind of shot where you saw it on the telly or you you you're watching it. You paid to watch that sort of cricket shot. That's a higher level mm. kind of thing to do. Unbelievable, great wrists. Um, and he, a, a great influence You know Like he obviously Had a good partnership With Andy Metcalf Later on Where tough looked like the, You know A long day in the field had took its toll And some of the Change bowlers And part-time bowlers Had come on And they really did Put them to the sword At the end It um, was a pity He deserved to be Not out Jim really He got out With the, the penultimate ball At the innings You know Trying to do the right thing For the team To try and score As many as possible But he's been A, a great addition A good guy He's obviously Been a a popular member of the over-40s as well. And I'm sure he'll appear on finals day next Sunday as well. Um. So, yeah, no, he he batted fantastically well. And the thing for Toff was they probably looked at our order and thought, right, we need four wickets because they've got five regular first-team batters here. Mm. So, and the the problem was that they they only got to three, really. And they only got the fourth wicket, like with two or three overs to go. So, the the one person that I did love on Saturday, and, and fair play to him, when we were looking for that eleventh player late on the Friday night, the message went into the second team WhatsApp group, and the first person without faltering to put his his, his hand up and say he wanted to do it was Joe caloran and uh, he, he went out there, he, he hit a fabulous six, a lovely four, I think he got 14 off nine, just great energy, wanted to be out there for the club, and uh, yeah, I, I just loved his energy. I thought that was that was a really nice part of the day.
1: Yes, very much so. Uh, Okay, look, before we just talk about this weekend, uh, George and the Thirds uh, move on and uh, uh, another win for them and uh, they're off to Oakmere, a great place, on um, Saturday.
4: Yeah, uh, obviously, uh, Saturday seemed a bit like one-way traffic, if I'm totally honest, playing against the the side nearest the bottom in Warrington. Um, They mustered 171 in 40 overs. Uh, with just Joe Maddox getting the broom out at the end with three for, um, but it obviously was a good surface. It looked tough to get wickets on, but Ben Harvey opening the bat in 98 not out. It's actually a pity that uh, he couldn't manage to get hundred. I don't think he's got a senior hundred. Ian um, Metcalf, 58, um, just brilliant, you know. And and that, you know one inside 25 overs, another good win. It's just a pity we had that blip uh, at the kind of the middle of last month, because at the moment they're two points behind Port Sunlight, and it looks like it's going to be a fantastic finish, Jim. Yes.
1: Yep. Um, now, the ladies, Lee, um, it's going to be a fantastic finish for them as well, isn't it?
4: Yeah, like this, this Sunday could be a culmination of all the hard work that's been putting across the whole section for probably not just this season, Jim, I'd say for a while now. Um, you know, really, really um, exciting times. They've been on a fantastic run in the league. Earlier in the year, it just looked like that they, they were starting to falter a little bit in the t20s and stuff. But they managed to hold the league form together, and it means that this weekend on the on the back pitch, while we're in the Cheshire Cup final on the front, they get to play Stockport Trinity uh, in a game where if they win, that they will seal the uh, the championship.
1: That's that is some achievement. I uh, you know, just remember watching watching some of the early games this season, and, and that that championship seemed a long way off.
4: Yeah, it certainly did. I must admit, like you know, and and the thing is as well is is that you know maybe that COVID season last year where the pressure was off and we were playing more regional games and maybe playing teams from the the league below. We built a lot of confidence in some of these younger players. I know we've spoken about you know the likes of Ali Cutler. It's great to see Kate Coppock's been back. But you know your Gemma Roses, your Gemma Monroe, your Nandu's You know these girls' names have come up more and more and more throughout the year, and you put them around some of the like the older girls. Girls have been around a little while. That you know the Skipper Nicole Fisher, Charlie Thompson back this year, Tilly Buster, return of Katie Bennett, um, and then Meg Curtin in the last game out of nowhere. You know she she won them that game. Yeah. That innings was that was the defining innings and maybe even the defining innings of the season. If I'm honest, Jim um and something where you know if we have a champagne moment of the season or whatever that certainly is going to be right in the mixer because sometimes it's easy to look at hundreds and fifties and five-wicket holes but without those 38 runs at the time when she came in they don't win that game against we were not talking about a championship beside on uh sunday and potentially it could all look so very different so well done to meg but well done to nicole and the team and i'm sure it'll be one of those that you know you don't have to flip between channels on sky and BT sports you can literally come you can come you can come down on sunday and you can literally sit in between the pitches and you're going to get the best of both really
1: yeah absolutely right uh before that the little matter for the first team of a trip to Timperley, of course uh, turned turned us over didn't they uh, earlier in the season
4: yeah well uh, I, di- I didn't play in, in in that game um and i know that they got uh, and shafiq didn't they um, yeah, he, he got Andy, a one. splendid. Uh, yeah, it was like 170 or something, wasn't it? it was something ridiculous. Now, Tipley have been in woeful form. Um, but it's one of those. If I, if, you know, as a betting man, I'd probably avoid this fixture because <laughs> normal, normally our record at Tipley, Jim. I reckon we must have about six points in the last five years from there. Uh, we notoriously haven't travelled well to Tipley. Um, but I've got. The first team are coming like a train at the moment, aren't they? they, they you know they're in they're in great form. Um, so I, I'd like to see with, with you know all those guys coming back from festivals and stag parties and work and quarantine or whatever. You know we should have quite a a lively, refreshed team. And uh, I, I think we're going to give Timpley a really good go. And it'd be great if we could get a win, Jim, because all of a sudden, you know, we've gone from kind of sat in mid table if we went at the weekend and Didsbury don't win, we could go into second, which obviously is one position below where we want to be. Uh, it looks like Namwich are going to win the league, but, you know, I think if anyone who's got a balanced view on this would say that Nampwich, uh, have the, certainly have the best all-round bowling attack. And uh, they've managed to get over the line with the runs, uh, you know, got over the line in some really tight games as well. So, you know, I think they've probably been the best side. So, uh, it could be... Uh, It'd still be a really good season if we could get the Cup win on Sunday and, and, and maybe see if we can sneak into second. Yeah, yeah.
1: That uh, that Cup then, uh, Lee, we should talk about it. Um, it comes along on Sunday. They don't come along that often. or well, they seem to the Cheshire Cup, to be fair. We've had a few of them uh, in recent years, haven't we?
4: Yeah, it, it was certainly in the, uh, the back end of, uh, like, from, say, 2013 through to... Say 2019, 2020, we did seem like it was you know something that we were involved in in the last stages of every year, uh, and obviously COVID, and and then you know the year you know the year before we you know we didn't have a, a great run either. Um, I think it's been good to get back to it. We've obviously took it very seriously this year, and, and what I'd say, Jim, is is what what's good actually reflecting on this year is the fact is is that we've actually had one of our are tougher runs or, you know you know, you look back first round Didsbury away they're second in the Premier League you know we are, we have Brooklands at home who were top of the first division at the time um, you know and you start going through Wallasey away you know Wallasey a second in the uh, Liverpool competition Premier League mm. and then coming back and playing Hyde at home obviously a Premier League side with some really good players you start going through you know you're playing top teams all the way through we haven't had a, a gimme You know, we haven't had a Man City-style Carabao Cup draw. It's been really tough. (laughs) Uh, And, um, yeah, so, um, obviously, taking on our old mates, New Brighton, who we seem to have played quite a few times in the final gym over the years. Normally, uh, down at Rake Lane, but we've managed to get the home tie. And Matthew Thompson will bring his team across. Um, They've got a lot of young, exciting players, quite a lot of boats. It shows how old I am. i played many games against the dad but um yeah um they've got some really exciting players and a, I think a, a dangerous opponent opponent comes sunday
1: yeah good a good side um how are they doing in the comp this year
4: yeah they, they've struggled and um, they're just above the, the well they're just lower than mid table uh, they took a bit of a drubbing at the weekend um from wallasey um my pal cd getting 100 good to see the old boy uh churning out uh, A big score. Um, Yeah, they they got turned over on the bank holiday fixture there. Um, And their overseas player, uh, is it Pete Bill Young? He went back last week. So, they've had a a tough couple of weeks. But the thing is, is that, you know, you don't get to Cheshire Cup finals if you're not a good team. And I think that, you know, they've had some really good results this year. So, it's one of them. We've got to turn up. We've got to do our job. Hopefully, the weather's set fair. And we can... uh, and we can really put them under under some serious pressure. But you know, I, I am looking forward to Sunday. I think it's going to be a great atmosphere down there. There's going to be a lot of people with both matches, obviously having such high importance. Um, and uh, yeah, it should, be, it should be a lot of fun. And the, the thing as well for me is is that it's been really good about this season and the Cheshire Cup is the fact that if you go through, there's been so many contributions at different times. And arguably, every member of the squad has probably put something into that run, whether it be Rick's dogged 50 at Didsbury or Luke Young blowing away the top order or, you know, the Brooklyn's game, Al Money getting a big score, Warren getting a big score. Then we go to Wallasey, you know, some of the guys bowled really well there. Charlie Fleet bowled well and then in the second innings, all of a sudden all's lost and me and and Andy Metcalf get to put a partnership together and then you play the Hyde game and then you've got Luke Young on the chase. You know, George McCormack bowled really well you know there's been lots and lots of really positive performances but i really do think come the weekend i think our skipper who has been in fine touch this year i've got a good feeling for harry this weekend i think he's going to jump on his white horse and uh and and take us to a win hopefully
1: so 12 o'clock start 40 overs a side it used to be used to be 45 didn't it it was 40 overs a side these days um, yeah as you say fingers crossed for weather the usual facilities all available here and it, it is a special place on, on big match day isn't it
4: yeah and and just for anyone who's looking to park down the bottom uh, obviously just be very aware with the, the girls game on please can you be uh, extra vigilant especially when you're doing that drive round past the sight screen that you wait till the end of the over and you you know you respect that their game's going on at the same time because the, in the past that's always caused a little bit of uh, normally there isn't a game on, so the fact that there's two games on, there will be a lot of cars going around the back. So get there early, get your pitch. Obviously, Adam will have the food on the drinks are there, and it's going to be a, a mega Sunday. And I really, really hope that we we get to have that that moment in the tent where both uh, both sections of the of, of the club, the boys, the girls, the men, the ladies, are all together and can enjoy some uh, some success.
1: And just remember, you're in charge, uh, you're the ringmaster on Saturday night, so you're going to keep it fairly low-key, are you?
4: Yeah, well, obviously that's the hope, and uh, hopefully building up uh, to the Sunday and then the following Saturday, working into the last night of the season, hopefully we've got a few extra bits to uh, celebrate, maybe a promotion or two for the thirds and the fourths, um, and yeah, and and maybe a couple of uh, trophies to bring in the tent as well, so yeah, I'm going to keep them under lock and key uh, for, for one night, uh, but massively, massively excited uh, ahead of the weekend. I'm sure Keggy and his grounds team will do a, a fine job, and uh, it should be a fantastic day.
1: And you'll um, you're, you're reveal the plans for the, uh, the end of season party night next week, won't you?
4: I will. I just need to come up with some first, Jim. So when uh, I have, <laughs> then we will reveal them. Uh, but... Uh, a, a date for the diary is the 1st of October. There will be some details going through the website. That's all I need to, to Friday night, and that's going to be the awards night So, just if you want to put a save the date in there, uh, I'll give all the details to you, Jim, uh, in the coming days, and we'll have the end of season hot pot on the 1st. It's just in case people need to put that in the diary.
1: Terrific. Okay. Um... So look, uh one more piece of duty for you now is uh, uh we've last saw Jack floating down the canal so we're not sure what's happened to him with his algorithms but uh you do have some news on the on the fantasy league don't you?
4: Yeah, I think uh Jacko's been uh, completely bamboozled by the brilliance of John Scott, you know, he's he's made the rest of us look like we're in the Scottish Premier League. It looks like a one horse race. Um, but he he, he got an early lead early on He's 600-700 he's points clear of Marius Um, Yeah, look, it, it, obviously If you had a teeth last weekend uh, Who has been absolutely fantastic Great value for 4.6 million Then you would have done really well The big one at the moment I think the, the tough thing, Jim Is because there's been so many changes to the teams And games not being on and COVID And people moving up and people covering You've had to hold your nerve and not make transfers and accept that one or two of your players may not play from week to week. Not I haven't done that. I've I've made 64 transfers, uh, which basically means that I've got no points anymore. So me and Warren, after our early tussle at the start of the year, we're now well and truly mediocre mid-tableites table now. <laughs> but it's uh, John Scott. He's uh, he's romping ahead and he'll be taking the. Uh, the victory lap and uh, bringing the peloton into paris on the final day
1: <laughs> we should get him on here shouldn't we we should definitely get We're him sure on here that he's
4: a great great he's a great character scotty so i think that'll be a, a very interesting interview i also be interested to know how he picked his team as well ah
1: uh, it'll be a blindfold that's what it'll be it'll be a blindfold and a, you know, and a little hat and all that kind of thing <laughs> <laughs> okay matey good so uh you go get yourself ready for the weekend and, uh, oh. yeah, ready to go, I guess.
4: Fantastic. Okay, well, guys, all I'd say is I hope to see everyone down there at the weekend. Jim, I'm sure you've got uh, uh make sure your battery pack is completely charged.
1: Cool, yes. And,
4: uh, and I'm sure the uh, listeners on D Radio will be listening in as well. So, <laughs> no, it should, be, it should be really good. Exciting. And uh, one more week to go, mate.
1: One more week to go. Okay, matey. All right. See you you again. Cheers. Thanks, Lee. (laughs) And that'll do us for another edition of the Full Toss podcast. Make the most of them, folks, because there ain't too many of them to go. So many thanks to all our contributors this time round from the third team, fourth team, second team, first team, Uncle Tom, Cobley and all. Thank you, of course, for uh, your listening, listening to us. And uh, thank you to Lee Dixon as per ever. Right. So get yourself uh, along to Philkins Lane this weekend, or at least to some chester Borton Hall cricket. As we said, the 1s uh, are away at Timperley, the 3s are at Oakmere, the 2s and the 4s are at home, and Saturday has the ladies and the Big Cup final. See you then.
2: The Full
3: Toss Podcast from chester Borton Hall.